Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. We are just two days away from NFL regular season action as the 2021 NFL season is about to begin. Welcome aboard, everyone. Glad to have you with us. TJ, uh, I, I am pumped for today's show because there is there is a lot to get to. But next hour, I want to pick your brain, and I think others do as well, about what life is really like for an NFL player especially leading into the regular season, because I think there are a lot of things as us common folk just don't necessarily understand. Are you up to the task in our latest edition of confessions of an NFL player? Oh yeah, we can, we can get into that. I mean, it's, it really depends on where you are in your career, what your role will be on the team. But yeah, this should be fun because you, you give the listeners uh, insight on how it is and, how do you prepare mentally, physically, and just that night before the game, you know, sleep in the morning when you wake up, eating, you know, things of that nature <laughs> that people don't realize. Oh, man. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Plus, TJ, I don't know if you know this or not, you and John Ramos in 90 minutes are going head-to-head in our latest game. Okay? I can't reveal what the game is. It don't matter. He going to lose. Okay. <laughs> All right. John Ramos, any response to TJ Hushmanzada in calling you out for, uh, 90 minutes from now? Well, I, I'm i really good at games. So oh, TJ. Are you going to take that, TJ, from John Ramos? I can Man. show him better than I can tell him. 
<laughs> all right, that's all coming up today. We're going to talk some college football in a little bit. Anthony Tresh of Pro Football Focus going to look back on week one. But TJ, one of the biggest storylines of week one had nothing to do with any of the outcomes of the games. It was targeting. And we, we saw it on Thursday night in the, in the, in the Ohio State-Minnesota game that was broadcast on Fox. We saw it throughout the weekend. We saw four targeting penalties in the first half of last night's game between Terrible. Louisville and Ole Miss. What is going on with targeting, and what in the world can be done to straighten out this rule that is, that is so many people just scratching their heads in the world of college football? I think they need to understand – when a player leads with his shoulder, what's on top of his shoulders? His head. His head. Like, your head's going to drop. Oh, he's leading with the head. No, not really. I'm leading with my shoulder, but my head has to drop. And what happens is me being an offensive player, and when they make these rules, they need to get players involved that have actually played the game instead of people that slow the game down. Like, look, look, look you see his head? They've never mm-hmm. played the game. And they're making rules on a game that they didn't play. As an offensive player, if I see somebody that's coming to tackle me, tackle me, I'm going to lower my center of gravity. When I get low, if that defender has already zoned in on his target, he cannot change. He's already low as well. If I duck my head and he's already about to hit me in the midsection, oh, well, that's going to be in the shoulder head area now. Yeah. It, it, and. Go they ahead. need to fix that because these games, number one, these calls are changing outcomes of games. These kids have to miss a portion of the game or get thrown out of the game that they're in, and it's unfair. You work too hard to get thrown out in the first quarter. You do all that work, and then you have to sit and watch. You know how frustrating that is? I oh, would yeah. lose my mind. The the uh, What should I say? opinions the recommendations by some including fox sports joel klatt who saw some of those hits that were reviewed and and by the way they were reviewed in the game on thursday but there were no ejections on those calls but last night in louisville and ole miss it was a completely different story and joel klatt and others have said you should have two levels of targeting you should have a 15 15 yard penalty and then a 15 yard penalty with ejection the egregious ones the ones that are like oh my god he those are the ejection joe clack gets it i was watching the game and he gets it he understands and he's like oh they he should not get thrown out for this and he was absolutely right and he did not get thrown out but there's just certain cases man where the officials is just like they just throw these kids out and if it isn't egregious and it's just like as soon as you know as soon as you see the play, you know right away he's getting thrown out. Mm-hmm. If it's if it doesn't give you that, like oh he's thrown out, he shouldn't be thrown out. It should just be a penalty. Sure, there it was should a just be a penalty. There was a play of the Boise State UCF game on Thursday that I'm not sure a lot of people saw just because of the rain delay and it ended up finishing late. But uh, it was it was the perfect scenario of what targeting was meant for, and I actually think TJ. The original, the original rule of targeting was meant to protect your position as a wide receiver of trying to avoid the hits of facing a safety or a linebacker coming across and launching into you as you're running across the middle of the field, maybe on a slant play where they just try to take your head off and dislodge the football. That's what I. That, that's how I felt. Like the the targeting started. Like that was the point where. We cannot allow this. Not only is this unsafe, it's it's dangerous for both players. We've got to figure out a way to eliminate that. And that's where and I, and you saw that in the Boise State game. You saw a defender launch himself upwards as the receiver was in the air uh, catching the ball, and then using his helmet to try to dislodge the football. And that was that was clear clear as day. That's what I think that targeting was aimed to try to take away. Now what we're seeing, though, is so much on just on regular tackles, on 
quarterback sacks when, as you said, a player, a quarterback may slouch down or a running back hitting the hole ends up crouching down. I like. I think that the original rule of targeting, TJ, shouldn't even be called targeting anymore for the simple fact of it is so different from what we are watching and what's being called. There was targeting called on a block last night in the Louisville Ole Miss game. And I, I feel, I don't know if I feel dirty, because uh, uh, dirty is not the right way to talk about it, TJ, but when I'm... I know we're trying to be more safe, but at what point are we like, is the rule really doing what it was intended to do? Because I always thought that the consequence of the rule of eating injection was to try to change the way that college football players tackle and play the game. And I don't see any change at all. So that makes me question why we have it at all in the first place. Nothing has seemed to have changed in ejection still in, in that split second doesn't you know, it doesn't pop into your mind of, oh, I need to put my head here and not here. It just seems like we've gone completely off the tracks of what targeting is. The games, and these, it, it happens too fast. Let's go, you're talking about the slant route. If, I can, if I'm on the offensive left side and I catch a slant route and I see a safety or whomever, linebacker, whoever it is coming to tackle me, I'm not going to stand up high. I'm going to get low. He's running downhill full speed. When I get low, there's going to be some helmet to helmet. There's go- Now, if he hits me high, he might miss the tackle because he's going to sure. go over me. I get low. He's aiming at my midsection area, but I'm going to get low. So now my head is going to be at my midsection area. Like, you know what I would hate when I played football? What's is that? you get a coach and you do something wrong during the play. And you guys are watching film as a uh, offensive group or just your position group. And he rewinds it and he said he just stops the play right there and says, "Why didn't you do this?" Well, coach, if I could stop the in the middle of the play and tell everybody to stop, um, I'll probably give you a better. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't stop in the middle of the play. You just have to react, and it happens. If it isn't egregious, it should not be a penalty, because a lot of times these colleges. They're not really practice tackling. They'll tackle dummies, but guess what? The dummy doesn't move, and the dummy doesn't drop its center of gravity to brace for the hit. So they're doing everything right in practice. Sure. Teams aren't practicing tackling in practice because they don't want guys to get hurt. They go on a tackle dummy. But it's called a tackle dummy because the dummy doesn't move. The dummy doesn't drop its center of gravity and. It's just so different. They need to understand that. There are some cases where flags and ejections need to take place. But what just went on this weekend, I believe the Boise one was the only one I was like, oh, yeah, he got to go. Yeah, like that was, and that's where I think that kind of it all started. And then as, as you're, we're more concerned about head injuries and concussions, which we should be, I, just, I don't know if these rules are really affecting uh, those sort of things like the Minnesota player got knocked out on Thursday. They reviewed the play and there was no targeting call. So that doesn't erase that the kid just get, uh, got knocked out. Unfortunately, in football, guys are getting guys have gotten knocked out for, you know, for years and years. And I just wonder if the targeting is really, really being effective. And the other thing is, TJ, it slows down the game. And 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 I'm not, I'm not saying for the the health of the players uh, should be at stake for speeding up the game. It's just the the point of maybe there are consequences if you are going to eject a player uh, for targeting instead of reviewing it. Maybe the player misses the next game if it was so egregious. You, you do that in soccer. You end up getting you end up getting so many yellow cards. You end up having to miss the next game because of what you've done in previous games. We're sitting there and we're having reviews, not even on touchdown plays like you would in the NFL, but on targeting plays. And college football's game games take long enough anyway. And if we're sitting here reviewing every single targeting play just to find out if a guy should stay or not stay in the game, we already know that it's you know could be a 15 yard penalty and there are missed calls here and there. But that's another thing that I I, I just think needs to change because there's just too many times now you're sitting there waiting to see if there's a review on targeting. Player doesn't know if he's going to be in the game or not. To your point, you play two plays and you get a targeting call on the first play and all of a sudden you're out of the game. I I just I I think that there's different changes that I have to make uh, that need to be made to that rule as well. There's things that it's we got to understand this, and the fans also. 
it's never going to be perfect. There's always going to be calls you get that you shouldn't get and and vice versa. But we want to make this is especially with replay. We 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 have to get this right 99% of the time, especially with replay. If you see the offensive player lower his uh, center of gravity and drop his weight and kind of curl up, you got to say, regardless of what happens, this can't be a penalty. Yeah. And and so it's not just that they're college football, the NFL, they don't have time to work on these things. These kids have to learn this on their way up. Obviously, they're not learning these things on their way up. And so when they get to college, uh, they're pretty much setting their ways. You can do all these practice or practice drill, tackling drills all you want. When when a dummy doesn't move like a real player would, it doesn't matter. He's TJ Hushmanzada. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio as we're sitting in for Doug. Today's show is brought to you by Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Sure, Clemson lost on Saturday to Georgia. But did they lose everything in the big picture of things? We'll answer that question next year on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming. Here in L.A., that means more rain, but for others, a wintery combination of sleet, slush, snow, ice, Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. All season tires, all weather tires, and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com, use the Tire Decision Guide. You'll get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas, and I don't know if you've heard about this. They bring new tires to your home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to tyrat.com slash sports to see their Yokohama test results and special offers. They've been doing this for over 40 years. Trust me, Tire Rack is the experts. That's tyrat.com slash sports, tyrat.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Traveling to watch college hoops this winter? No, you got to stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each hotel has a unique look inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get graduate hotels and all the cool specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores. They're all in hometowns of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels has over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So the odds are there's one out there where you're going, especially games and big conferences. Check out all the graduate locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off a stay with the code Doug. That's my name, D-O-U-G. 
Good at any Graduate Hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Do you remember? Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's TJ Hushmanzada, the NFL vet. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug today on this Tuesday, getting set for an NFL season opener on Thursday. While college football is in the books, we get to that in a matter of seconds. First, I want to tell you a little something. When a train hits a vehicle at a railway crossing, the results are often deadly. Be cautious at crossings, and if the signals are going, don't be tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Even if you don't see a train, stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. It was a heck of a week one in college football. Joining us now to talk about that and so much more, he's a senior analyst covering college football for Pro Football Focus. Anthony Trest joins the program once again. Hey, Anthony, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we, we are we are doing well. Yeah, excited with the uh, NFL coming up and, and what a great weekend it was, except if maybe you're a Clemson Tiger fan. I, I know the offense left a lot to be desired for Clemson, but defense did its job. Are there any positives that if you're a Clemson Tiger fan that you can take from Saturday's game against Georgia and carry out throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest positive that if you're a Clemson fan is looking at the rest of your schedule because you're, there's really no clear losses on there. I mean, they're pretty comfortable with where they are, and if they win out, I mean, I would assume they'd be in the running you know, for a spot in the college football playoff, you know, just considering that they, you know, they did just lose to Georgia um, by one score there. So, I mean, there was, the performance that, you know, Clemson really had, I mean, it was kind of, I would say, disastrous on all fronts. Um, you know, the defense, you know, it did do this part. It shut down the offense, especially the ground game. But at the end of the day, you know, that offense, it was a really conservative game plan, um, you know, from Todd Monk and the offensive coordinator there. I mean, looking at, you know, what they did in the passing attack, a lot of short, you know, quick throws there for quarterback JT Daniels really protected. And, you know, when they did, you know, try to get a little aggressive and just throw it even to the intermediate level of the field, you know, JT Daniels really faltered. Um, and I think that was more about him as a quarterback as opposed to Clemson's defense. Um, and so I don't think there was really too many, you know, key positives there, um, you know, for Clemson. But, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, their schedule is really relatively painless the rest of the way. So, I mean, they really can go only up for here. When when you look at college football as a whole, outside of Alabama, is there any team that you could look at and say, oh, they probably could give Alabama a game? Obviously, outside of Alabama, they wouldn't play themselves. But I just I just look at it and say, who's going to even compete with Alabama? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting question. Before the season, I, you know, I thought there were a few different teams, but now after seeing, you know, Bama is still Bama, um, you know, it's kind of the list is very much shrinking. I, I think the only two teams that could possibly give them a run for their money um, are Georgia, and I would still even throw Oklahoma in, the, in there, even though they had an underwhelming performance against Tulane. Um, you know, with Georgia, that defense, I think, can definitely, you know, hold, you know, Alabama's offense there. It's just whether or not they can actually score on that Alabama defense. Um, because I'm not so optimistic on that Georgia offense. But, you know, Kirby Smart, you know, he's you know, one of the best defensive coaches in all of college football. And, you know, that game plan that they had there, the way they obtained pressure on DJ Uwe and Galloway, I mean, it was masterful. Um, you know, so I think they could do that to Alabama. It's just, you know, going back to that offense. I'm very concerned about that. You know, with Oklahoma, that defense really did falter. Um, you know, that coverage unit in particular, you know, it was expected to be an average at best one. And, you know, that pass rush unit, they can get after the quarterback. I think they have the potential to be a top three one in all of college football. Um, you know, that offense, 
you know, you look at still a quarterback in Spencer Rattler. I, I still think he's the best quarterback in the college football, um, even though he did have some undisciplined mistakes that was what? reminiscent of you know, early on last year. Yeah, I mean, it's just more about his arm talent. He can make some throws that no other quarterback in college football can. You know, it's what he can do. Matt Corral, you know, Matt Corral, Matt Corral can make every throw that Spencer Rattler can make, and he's bigger. Matt Corral, okay. Ole Miss. I coached him in high school, can make everything. He should be a Heisman candidate. Remember I said this after week one or just week one, Matt Corral. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I would put Matt Corral, if we had to, you know, break it down, who's right after Rattler. I mean, Matt Corral's definitely in the conversation, what he did against Louisville last night. I mean, it was clean ball all the way through. Um, you know, almost had an elite passing grade for the game, three big-time throws. I think that Ole Miss team, you know, honestly, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get, you know, too hot picky here, but I do think Ole Miss is going to give Alabama a run for the money in week five because of Matt Corral and that offense they have, and mostly, too, that, that defense they had is much improved. Um, you know, last year it was one of the worst, uh, you know, really in all college football, not just the Power Five, but, you know, that looked like an above-average unit against Louisville. You know, hopefully they can do that, you know, replicate that kind of performance on that side of the ball in the coming weeks, you know, warming up to that Bama game. Um, here in about a month or so, but, you know, that offense, you know, it's still going to be right there. It's a juggernaut, um, you know, all the way through. So I do agree, Matt Corral, I think, you know, he should probably be in the Heisman conversation. He's definitely a top three guy, but, you know, who's the top guy? I, I still think it's Spencer. Um, you know, again, he did have some, the moments where he was just a little too overconfident when we saw it on the second play of the game. It completely ignored the open running back in the flat there and just, you know, heaved one into double coverage. But, you know, again, his footwork needs a lot of work, but it goes back to the arm talent, what he can do off platform. Yeah, he's, I think he can be a very special player. It's just kind of reeling in those, you know, those throws that he can make sometimes where it's just, you know, it doesn't really think it all the way through and takes a little bit too much of a risk and trusting a little bit too much. But, I mean, his release, it's one of the quickest in the game, getting it out three tenths of a second. I mean, it's just, it's truly remarkable to watch sometimes when he's, you know, on point. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I still think Bama, we have to say right now, should be the favorite for the national title after seeing what we, you know, what we did after week one. Anthony Trash joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's TJ Hushmanzada. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug. You mentioned Spencer Rattler's, uh, you know, uneasy day uh, in their win against Tulane. You mentioned DJ Uyunglele's tough day against Georgia. Does that put in perspective, or does that make C.J. Stroud's night Thursday night at Minnesota look any better than than maybe what it was because it seems like he wasn't the only quarterback to struggle in week one in an opener and considering the atmosphere that those quarterbacks were in especially CJ and DJ do we need to give a little bit more slack to a performance like CJ Stroud had on Thursday oh yeah definitely I mean I've been I have my big message all throughout the offseason was, you know, the expectations for C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, D.J. at Clemson, and even Bryce Young at Alabama. I mean, they were a lot higher than they really should have been, considering the experience level that they had. I mean, these guys are a couple years removed from high school. You know, granted, they have the high recruiting pedigree. I mean, they ranked one, two, and three in the 2020 recruiting class, um, you know, at the quarterback position. And, and, but, we, you know, you're going back in, all the way back to the start of the PFF college um, you know, back in 2014, we've rarely seen guys a couple of years removed from high school with no starting experience at the collegiate level to their name really have immediate success right away. Um, you know, we had did see DJ a couple of games, but through the course of the whole season, did not see him significantly amount. So, you know, going back in that span, only three quarterbacks have produced at really an elite level or Heisman or championship level, um, you know, as an underclassman, first time starting. And that was Spencer Rattler last year, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, um, and so, you know, it, I wasn't going to go out and flat out say guarantee that, you know, one, all of these guys are not going to pan out or one of them is not going to pan out. Um, but it was more likely than not that, you know, at least one or two of them are not going to be that elite type of player, you know, that they were replacing at their respective schools. But, you know, looking at we, after what we did after week one, um, you know, I'm more comfortable, I would say, with Bryce Young just because you, you look at someone like him, you know, in that, you know, all things considered – someone with his experience level typically crumble under pressure, right? You know, they have poor pocket presence. They're taking sacks, making poor decisions under duress, but he was calm, cool, and collective. You know, sometimes he did make a shaky decision every once in a while. You know, he kind of, he was an inexperienced player, but you know, he did at the end of the day have 20 pressure dropbacks, only took one sack and had numerous positive plays that most people with his experience would have turned into a negative. Um, you know, with DJ Stroud, the accuracy is very concerning to me. Um, just because he had one of the highest, you know, uh, 
uh, rates of throws going to a receiver with a couple steps of separation or more. Um, you know, that Minnesota cover, coverage unit's really not a lot good. There's a couple coverage busts in there that can explain the high offensive success. Um, you know, he did have, one, again, one of the highest uncatchable pass rates, had more negatively graded throws than positively graded ones. Um, and so I still think the, the expectations for these younger quarterbacks should be tempered just a little bit. Um, you know, maybe they can become that top-tier passer down the road, um, but expecting that right now is probably just a little lofty. Um, you know, there's reason for optimism with all of them. They all have, you know, some some type of tool that, you know, is rare in its own right, and that's why they were such a highly regarded recruit. Um, but, you know, with C.J. Stroud and D.J. struggling really this past weekend, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of continue to see some inconsistencies there. You know, maybe they light it up one day and then one game and then come back and have the same type of game again that we saw in week one. So I think we will be in more for some inconsistent play from some of these younger guys. You you, you look at uh, UCLA beating LSU, which was a complete shock to myself. How many games do you believe Orgeron needs to win to keep his job? Yeah, I mean, at this, I was right there with you. I thought LSU had this handled. Um, you know, I thought we were going to see a much improved LSU team just because there's the amount of talent that team has across the board. I mean, they should Man. be one of the top teams in college football, especially that defense. I mean, you have I, – I still think Derek Singley Jr. and Eli Ricks, that's, those are the most talented cornerbacks – one of the most talented cornerbacks Crazy. that I've, I can remember in college football. I mean, they should be one of the best in college football. And at this point, I mean, if they don't even sniff a winning record or not, don't even surpass 500 and finish, you know, seven wins or more, you know, I think his, his uh, you know, head coaching job, he's going to be in the hot seat. There's no doubt about it. I think that game was more about, you know, not necessarily UCLA, you know, outperforming LSU, but more LSU just not being as good as, you know, everyone thought, including myself. I thought they would have been much better improved after, you know, kind of making some you know, tweak on the defensive side of the ball that I thought we would see, but we really didn't see all that much of. He's Anthony Tresh, pro football focus, college football analyst. Get him on Twitter, at PFF underscore Anthony. Uh, last one, Anthony, just before we go, what do Texas fans, I know you, you did a, a little deep dive in their game against Louisiana, uh, a, a win. Some people were picking that to be the upset of the week, but the Longhorns prevail. What was most impressive about Texas and Steve Sarkeesian's debut? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many reasons to be optimistic about this Texas team. I mean, it, you know, we all got to joke about, you know, Tex is Texas finally back? Um, you know, after Sam Ellinger kind of prematurely declared that a few years ago. Right now, I, I think they are back because of Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, this past week was actually the most efficient passing offense we've ever seen from a Texas program in the PFF college era. And in that regards to EPA generated per pass play. Um, and, you know, that went up against a Louisiana team that's, you know, they're no slouches. I mean, that's one of the better defenses in the group of five. Actually ranked fifth in that metric allowed last year in all of college football. I mean, Patrick Tony, the defensive coordinator, returned his entire secondary. And there's a lot of talent there. And they, they picked him apart. I mean, you know, there were some concerns with Hudson's cards. Deep ball wasn't finely tuned, but at the short and intermediate levels, he was perfect. Um, and so I think, you know, with Hudson, you know, Steve Sarkeesian right there leading the way with, you know, playmakers like – you know, but uh, Bijan Robinson in the backfield. I mean, hey, th this program's going to rise up. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to dethrone Oklahoma this upcoming season um, for the Big 12 title, but I definitely think they have every bit of an opportunity to be a top 10 program. He's Anthony Trash, Pro Football Focus. Find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Anthony. Can't wait for week two because there's some more dandies on the horizon. We'll talk to you again soon, Anthony. Thanks so much. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. He's. TJ Hushmanzana, I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. You just love Matt's at quarterback because Matthew Stafford with the Rams, I know you're high on Matt Corral at Ole Miss. I mean, what is it with the name Matt, TJ? I mean, just you know what it is? The, the, the Corral, Matt, is <laughs> when I think about it, throws a ball like the Stafford Matt. <laughs> No, no, man, this dude, like in high school, coached him in high school, I hadn't seen a kid, and he was a kid at the time, with that type of arm strength. It was just, like, he would throw the ball 50 yards on a line. And I'm, he just, wow. he's a great kid. And, I mean, we still talk daily. His first year at Ole Miss, man, uh, practice would end. He'd get home from school, done with meetings. And we'd FaceTime and go over to Playbook for hours.
Oh, really? Like wow. on a consistent basis. Like he wanted it that much. But talent-wise, the kid is phenomenal. I think people see this tattoo sleeve and kind of get a misunderstanding for who he is and how he is as a person. But true leader, great kid, but the boy can play football. I, I love him because he was born in 1999, so I don't feel as old. Because now everybody in college is like born in the 2000s, and that makes me feel old as heck. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. You know who else got a tough weekend, TJ? Pittsburgh Steelers fans, because TJ Watt is still not getting his long-term contract extension. And while Mike Tomlin is optimistic that Watt will be ready to go for their week one game against the Buffalo Bills, he's entering the final year of his rookie deal as the Steelers had picked up his fifth-year option. But the sides have not been able to come to terms on a contract extension for Watt. He hasn't been taking part in team activities. He's been at camp. He's been in training camp in the preseason, but has just been doing individual stuff on the side. How worried would you be if you're a Steelers fan fan knowing that TJ Watt who hasn't done anything with the team uh, in the entire preseason now may just have to jump in week one head first the Steelers need to change the way they do things and we wouldn't be in this situation players aren't going for oh this is how we do things oh this is how we've always done things the problem is they don't guarantee anything beyond the first year and T.J. Watt is the first one to say, oh, well, I don't care. That has nothing to do with me. This is what I want. And if you guys don't give it to me, then this is what it will be. I, I believe they don't have him on defense. They already are in trouble. They're going to yeah. be in a world of trouble because now they're going to – what they say they want to do this year, get back to running the ball, get back to being physical. They, they're not going to have the defense – in the pass rush to be able to play the way they want to play. And so without him on defense, it's not looking good for the Steelers. And they know that. They know that. I, I'm going to say because they have a rule of not negotiating contracts once yeah. the season starts. They, I have a feeling by Friday they'll get something done. I, I think Steelers fans hope so because here's the other thing, TJ, that I just didn't necessarily – understand with it because tj watt is so important you lost bud dupree who's now in tennessee uh, you, you knew that was probably going to happen after the season en- or during last season anyway it was likely going to go somewhere else you brought in melvin ingram and i know mike tomlin's glowing about what melvin ingram can do but tj watt led the nfl in sacks last year and the other point is this is ben roethlisberger's back for what is one last go around and you're going to stick to your principles when you have a quarterback that you had asked, you know, to uh, ended up changing his contract to, to stick around another year because it really wasn't feasible for him to be there under the old structure. But the point being, in Ben Roethlisberger's swan song, you're not going to have everything in order to try to make that one last push. That would be difficult for me if I'm a Steelers fan or if I'm Ben Roethlisberger saying, what are we doing with T.J. Watt here? I know they expect him to play, and he is under contract, so it's not like he doesn't have a contract and wouldn't be there. But if things don't work out later this week, who knows about week one? Uh, who knows on what kind of shape he's going to be in without doing the team stuff? I just think there's a lot in the air, and this is a really big season for Pittsburgh because it's likely Ben Roethlisberger's last. We all assume that it's going to be his last year. But you can sign Melvin Ingram and you can have these high hopes. Melvin Ingram can play football. But it was a reason he was available to be signed. T.J. Watt is your best defensive player. If he's not on that defense Sunday, you're in trouble. You've miscalculated this. And who do they play? Yeah, in Buffalo on Sunday. And what are the Bills going to do? The Bills showed us in the playoffs, man, we are going to air this thing out. We don't care if you know it. We airing it out. And that's what they – they're going to pass the ball, I'm going to say 35 to 42 times. And you're not going to have T.J. White out there? Now, the, the key is – or I wouldn't even say the key. The question is, will T.J. White play? 
or will he continue to, as they're calling it, uh, sit in? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, the sit in. Yep. <laughs> so sit in. will he get out there and risk injury or will he just say, you know what, I'm a football player, I'm going to play football, forget the business side of this? That that will be the bigger question. Yeah, I, I just wonder too about his body. I mean, you would know more than anybody, but uh, of you know, is, is is it truly ready? Aaron Donald did this before and had a great season. Uh, we'll see if T.J. Watt can uh, do the same. It's for the different, Steelers. is it? It's different. What you can train, you can work out all you want. As soon as you get in the game, your body just moves at a different tempo, a different pace, more energy. He'll get fatigued quicker, and he will be sore like he had 10 car wrecks. He's TJ. Yeah. Yeah. He's TJ Hushmanzada. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. We will keep you abreast on all of the TJ Watt news if it develops more throughout the show. Get me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. You can also tweet us at Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, we're talking NFL. And who are the top three candidates to win the NFL's Most Valuable Player Award in 2021? We'll answer that next year on Fox. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming. Here in L.A., that means more rain, but for others... A wintery combination of sleet, slush, snow, ice, whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. All season tires, all weather tires, and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com, use the Tire Decision Guide, you'll get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas, and I don't know if you've heard about this. They bring new tires to your home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Yokohama test results and special offers. They've been doing this for over 40 years. Trust me, TireRack is the experts. That's TireRack.com sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Traveling to watch college hoops this winter? No, you got to stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each hotel has a unique look, inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get Graduate Hotels and all the cool specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores, they're all in hometowns of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. 
And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels has over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So the odds are there's one out there where you're going, especially games and big conferences. Check out all the graduate locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off a stay with the code Doug. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's TJ Hushmanzada sitting in for Doug today. If you have any questions that you've always wondered about the NFL, feel free to send them along to me at Dan Beyer on Fox. We're going to put TJ under the microscope in about 30 minutes in confessions of an NFL player. But right now, we bring in Isaac Lohenkron to play a game. This is Game Time. Game on the Doug Gottlieb Show. When a train hits a vehicle at a railway crossing, the results are often deadly. Be cautious at crossings, and if the signals are going, don't be tempted to try and sneak across the tracks, even if you don't see a train. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. Isaac Lohenkron, what game do we have today? By the way, I admire your, your restraint there. I thought you were going to say, and speaking of train wrecks, here's Isaac Lohenkron, so I appreciate you <laughs> not going there. Well, today's he's, game, he's, guys. So the sponsor loves that one, Isaac. I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's it's all about increasing awareness. Today's game, guys, is as easy as one, two, three. Rank them. We're going to right. start by asking you to rank the top three NFL MVP candidates. We'll start with Dan and then get TJ's top three. And a reminder, try not to double up on the odds-on favorite, of course, Houston Texans punter Cameron Johnston. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> Maybe in volume. Wow. Uh, the uh, Okay, I'm going to say Josh Allen won. I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes, two, and I'm going to say Alvin Kamara, three. Wow, TJ. What do you think? NFL MVPs, who are your top three, you think, in the NFL this year? I should go first because I said last week that I believe Josh Allen is going to win the MVP, so (laughs) I'm going to say Josh Allen, one. Matthew Stafford two. There it is. Patrick Mahomes three. Oh, mm. interesting. Matthew Stafford. You could have, you could go first on this one, TJ, if you want. Appreciate your consistency with the Josh Allen thing because uh, nobody in in the sports media business ever changes their answers and predictions uh, depending on which way the wind blows. I made predictions yesterday that I've already changed today. <laughs> True story. Like I I said them on yesterday's show and I've already changed them. So. They won't know until unless they go back to the podcast. <laughs> All right, we'll start with you, TJ. Rank your top three favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. Top three candidates to win the Super Bowl, TJ. Oh, man, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Ooh, <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I will. I I like the Rams uh, as well. I like the Bills as well. But I think you have to put Kansas City in the equation. I really want to put Cleveland there, but I think you have to put Kansas City in there. Interesting. All right. Under the college football ranks, I want you guys to rank the top three teams in college football. After week one, I mean, the AP has it, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M, but the new Dan TJ poll is gaining a lot of traction. (laughs) Uh, The AP and the TJ and the DB poll. Uh, Go ahead, TJ, one, two, and three. Who do you like in college football? And there can't be a gap between Alabama and everyone else. 
it's Alabama, and it doesn't matter who the next two are. I, I think that's a, I think it doesn't matter who the next two are. It's actually a D three school in Pennsylvania. Interestingly <laughs> enough, man, it, it's almost. I mean, it's it sucks because it, it's early, and we didn't see much. But just going off of what I saw this past weekend, it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's Ohio State. Has I, to be. I'll, I'll put Alabama one. I'll put Ohio State two, and I'll put Georgia at three. For as great as their offense was, their defense was, their offense. Did have some struggles against Clemson. And fi- good win for sure. But finally, we're gonna have, have some fun with this one, guys. Uh, any criteria you want here? I want you to give me your top three stadiums in college football. Again, your criteria can be anything: tradition, tailgating, game day experiences. Uh, TJ, we'll start with you. I have a feeling Reeser Stadium might uh, sneak in here, but we'll see. No, nah, I won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Death Valley at LSU. I've been there. It's loud. Probably go with uh, where Tennessee plays. Is that Neyland Stadium? Yep. Yeah. That one. And uh, probably Bama Stadium. Lab Peoples, right? Yeah, that's Brian Denny. That's uh, Brian yeah, Denny, that's, yeah. yeah. Lad Peoples actually was a soap opera star back in the 80s. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, Brian Denny. So, I'm going to go LSU, Tennessee, Alabama. I, I'll go I Clemson, number one. Uh, I – I think that that place is awesome. Sanford Stadium, where Georgia plays, would be my number two. And number three, give me the horseshoe in Columbus. This is game time. On the you, you know what I like show. about uh, <laughs> what I like about um, Clemson is when they walk through the crowd to get to the field. I, that, I love that part of it. That That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, touch Howard's Rock, and then they get to run down the hill and actually like take that. a bus from one side of the stadium to the other. By the way, I love how Reeser Stadium, like one side is like a new stadium and the other side's like 50 years old. <laughs> it's amazing. He's TJ Hushmanzada. I'm Dan Beyer. The Brady-Belichick war is not over. That's next on Fox. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.